Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. It is 2021. That's crazy. And everything's magically better. <laughs> We've reverted back to normal. COVID's not here anymore. Nope. The magic of 2021. Mm. Um, how was your New Year? New Year's uh, Eve and day. You know, it was fine. Mm. We did nothing. We were in oh. bed by 10. That's cute. And did you like wake up at midnight? No. Oh. Did you stay up for midnight? Mm-hmm. Oh well. I was You're up till like than I am. thirty, man. How? I don't know. I didn't feel good the next day. Oh, it wasn't gosh. fun to stay up that well, late. Then you but like we had friends kids. over and like we had yeah. to, you know, we had to entertain, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's true. I really was fine. Like I, it was. I was like, it's two o'clock. I'm so young and spry. I'm staying up so late. This is so great. And then. 7 a.m. came. I was like, that was a bad Which is idea. literally four and a half hours later. Yeah, it was such a bad idea. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Unless I have a newborn, I do not, I don't do that stuff. Mm, really? I don't. It was the first time I stayed up that late since I've had kids, probably. Yeah. I did get a nephew on New Year's Eve. Aww. Oh, he's a New Year's Eve baby. Yeah, he was born on New Year's Eve. So That's that was exciting. cool. Do you so, have, um? do you do New Year's resolutions? No, do you? Kind of, well, I feel I like used, I'm being very lame about the whole New Year thing. Yeah, kind of. I mean, like, I used to be really diligent about New Year's resolutions mm-hmm. and would, like, make the list and then, you know, check it twice. Oh. It was a really big deal. Would you and meet it? Like, you would make I've rules? literally never, oh, okay. never met <laughs> a goal. <laughs> a si- not a single one. Okay. So I stopped doing them. Mm-hmm. So it was my goal to not do goals. You see what I'm saying? Mm, and like in it. that, I met a goal for the first time last year. What? What was it? Not having any goals. There. Boom. Yep. 2020 was my year. Boom, baby. <laughs> what a great year to not have any goals for yourself. <laughs> uh, but this year, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I'll set, like, general things. Like, mm-hmm. I want to read more, but not set. Like a certain number. number. Looks like I want to eat healthier, but not say, you know. Well, you know what else is happening in 2021? We're going to turn 30. No, we're not. That's not real. We're turning 30. That's a lie from you before me. Yeah, see, you can be excited about it because (laughs) I'm turning 30 in like two months and you're not turning 30 for another like six months. Yeah. But hey, I've heard 30s are the best decade ever. People are absolutely lying to us. I don't, I don't think know. that's true because Let me basically, think people I know in their 30s. You're, when you turn 30, you're dead. Oh my Like you're just gosh. dying, you're decrepit and old. and You are so morbid. But I mean, it's fine. I'll start taking those motorized carts at the store. All the people who are older than 38 <laughs> us right now. <laughs> I just will never I don't know. Me. It's like a weird time. Like I don't, I don't. I still remember when my mom turned thirty and she oh, cried. That's I, weird. I yeah, I remember her. Cry. I was like six or seven. I remember her wow. crying on her thirtieth birthday. My mom had Sorry, me when mom. she was thirty-two, so oh, I don't. Okay. But I do my, like, remember my mom telling me her age at like thirty-seven or thirty-eight, yeah. which to me seems pretty young, but not when it's me. Yeah. You know. I remember my mom's thirtieth birthday. She cried. So yeah, see, I'm gonna cry the whole time. <laughs> and my husband is like, you know, he turned thirty in August, and he was like, "Oh, it's so great! I can't wait till I get gray hair." And oh my gosh! I know. I'm like we're total opposite people. What's wrong with him? Where I'm like looking up, like, is it sinful to get Botox? <laughs> like, <laughs> what does scripture like, say about talk on Botox? Yeah. What does scripture say about getting rid of crow's feet? <laughs> I just need to know. I don't think there's anything in scripture about it. I just, because homegirl needs some help. Oh my gosh, I just, I don't Jensen, know. I just whatever. feel like 
You're the picture of youth over there. Don't patronize me. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking, like, you're, when you turn 30, I mean, you're still, like, young. Yeah. But you're... I'm you're, excited about 30. You're getting to the point where you're not young anymore. Like, 37 yeah, to me is maybe. not young. See, to me, it's still really young. Really? Yeah. But, like, my parents are in their 50s. They still seem super young. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I guess my parents are in their 60s, and they still seem super young. Yeah, so. My parents don't look like they're in their 60s either. No, they don't. They look really young. So I have good genes, maybe. Yeah, you'll be fine. Anyway. We turned 30 this year, and I'm really excited about it. Jensen's not excited about it. Not really at all. And I know that it's like, oh, that's funny. She doesn't want to turn 30. I'm very serious. She's really I don't want to turn 30 at all. So the fact that I brought this up is is kind of bringing her down right now. Rachel Green says... Can I keep all the presents and still be 29? Oh, yeah. That's that's me. That is We can me. pretend you're still 29. I remember when my sister-in-law turned 30, I got her a forever 29. Uh, what did I get her? I can't remember. It was well, something that's a great that forever 29. <laughs> forever great. 29. I think it was like uh, a wine glass or something. Forever 29. I'll get you forever 29 stuff when you turn 30. Yeah. Will that make you feel better? I mean, I guess. I'd more want to be like forever 26. That was a good age. Gosh. And it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. It wasn't. It was literally like four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well. Anyway, on a lighter note. Now, now that Jensen's thoroughly I'm depressed. deep, deep in a spiral of depression right I might now. might have to pull her out of this during this episode. I'm sorry that we started off in such a heavy note. It's... It's fine. It did get heavy, and that was your fault. Will you be um, okay? Are you going to be able to make it? I'm going to be this? able to make it. I mean, okay. I'll do what I have to do for the people. All right. Um, yeah. We have people depending on us. That's true. <laughs> it's true. So what are we talking about today, Virginia? We are talking about worship. Jensen, do you have a definition <laughs> for us? I sure do have a definition. My friend. Hit me. Wait. Let's pause. Do we need to pray first? Yes, we do. All right. Um, God, I'm just so thankful for this time and uh, thankful that we get to sit here together and talk about you and your word and that we're able to share this with people and hopefully, you know, through your spirit, just impact um, someone else's day and in a positive way. And I just thank you for everything that you're doing through this podcast. And I pray that you would give Virginia and I the words that you want to be said tonight and that you would just be glorified in this whole thing. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now I will hit you with the definition. All right, now hit me with the right definition. Now. of worship. worship, according to the interwebs. Is this like Merriam-Webster or what? It's the Googs. Okay. The Google. Just I literally Googled it. Uh, the act of attributing reverent honor to God. Also worship in the realm of, of Christianity. Not, mm-hmm. you know, like, you can worship something. I did it. Like, this is worship. in the realm of Christianity, yes. Yeah. Should have clarified that prior. <laughs> but here we are. So, yeah. The act of attributing, attributing reverent honor to God. Yeah. So, we've got worship, which worship is really our an outpouring of our love for the Lord in our daily mm-hmm. lives. And then you have corporate worship, which is what we tend to think of more whenever we talk about worship the act of like getting together as a body of believers and Mm -hmm. worshiping through song but you know to be clear worship should be done every day in our daily lives Mm -hmm. and corporate worship should be an overflow of our daily worship through our relationship with god so when we're coming to worship as a group of believers it's an outpouring of our love for him and i feel like i can tell whenever i'm 
coming to worship on a Sunday morning and I'm kind of dry from the week before, you know, Mm -hmm. versus when I've spent a lot of time with him and cultivated that relationship and stuff. Yeah. You can just tell a difference. So it really does seem like a, an outpouring of what you're already building with him. Yeah. That, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like the church is kind of screwed up with things like worship team and, you know, worship nights and mm-hmm. whatever. There's nothing wrong with those terms and nothing wrong with calling those things. But I feel like it gives us a really finite view of what worship really is. Yeah. And it gives us an idea that worship is singing songs. Mm-hmm. Worship is when there's a band and stuff like that. And instead of understanding the biblical nature of worship and what it's meant to be, because I mean, when you look at, you know, the old Testament and God commanding the Israelites to worship only him, he's not saying sing songs to only me, you know, that's not what it was. It was position your heart in a way that, only honors me and Mm -hmm. only glorifies me and doesn't have anything before it you know yeah yeah kind of goes hand in hand with idolatry I feel like uh in a lot of ways what we've created worship to be yeah now we have a very culturally driven idea of worship yeah yes yeah well and and we've made it to where sometimes in churches worship is the main event Mm. And some people, even I've been guilty of this in the past, you look for a church based on the worship. Yeah, And sometimes sure. you can walk away being like, I don't know if that's the church for us. We didn't really like the style of mm-hmm. worship. Would That should not be like what you're looking for in a church at all. It's fine to have a preference. That's totally fine. But for that to be what you're looking for in a church, that's mm-hmm. kind of problematic. That's so true because I've been guilty of that too, saying like, I just didn't like the worship at that church or that, yeah. you know, whatever. But that wasn't the worship. Right. That was the songs. The songs. <laughs> that was the It was singing. an act of worship. Right. Yeah. But that was not like the worship that was being done in that service. Right. I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, well, and another thing that we've done too is this – and I mean, it, we've we've come a long way in the style of that kind of worship and it's it's really cool like and, mm-hmm. and it's really well done sometimes and – it's a great production sometimes, but one of the dangers of where we are today in, in some churches with worship is that we've made celebrities out of our worship leaders. Oh, for sure. And so instead of it being like we're focused on God, we're more focused on like the worship leader out there and how mm-hmm. good he sounds or she sounds or whatever. It's okay to recognize talent. Mm-hmm. You know, we recognize that David had crazy talent. He wrote mm-hmm. the Psalms and wrote them beautifully and stuff so we can acknowledge his talent but we're not supposed to worship the leader we must only worship god and so that's kind of a problem in churches today i mean we're not here just to talk about problems in churches today but (laughs) we're just talking about right problems with this act of worship we've we've kind of attributed worship just to these songs and how well um how well a church can put on a production or Mm -hmm even want to welcome the culture in and so sing these songs that aren't even don't have anything to do with God Mm -hmm. sometimes you know yeah and it's just it's kind of become a mess sometimes when I mentioned earlier like this culturally driven idea of worship I just feel like in a lot of churches right now it's just really situated in culture Mm -hmm. you know like the the idea of worship is only music, only a band, and it's it has to be a certain kind of music. It has to be done by a certain 
person that mm-hmm. looks a certain way. Um, Gotta have your skinny jeans. And yeah, your- exactly. <laughs> Big watch on. <laughs> exactly. And it it's not it's no longer about God. It's no longer about the story of God. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it becomes completely self-focused and it's shifted from God and God's story to me and my story. Yeah. And I think that we, I told Virginia this earlier when we were talking about this, but I feel like we get to a point where we're no longer wanting to go into a church service to really feel the Holy Spirit and to, be led by him and to know him deeper we're looking for a supernatural experience with Mm -hmm. him through this music right not through the sermon not through the teaching but just through the music and what you were saying like so many people go to churches because of the worship Mm -hmm. and there's a really good francis chan quote where he says you know this is paraphrasing because i don't have it written down but he says something like people will leave a church service and say oh i just didn't really like worship today and Francis Chan is like, well, good. We weren't worshiping you. <laughs> and that's so true. You know, we we shouldn't be going into a service thinking. And, and I'm so, so guilty of this. Um, and I'm feeling convicted even just talking about it. But we go into a service wanting it to, to serve us yeah. and wanting the song choice and the way that it's sung and like all that stuff to be a specific way that serves us and that suits us Mm -hmm. rather than just allowing the Holy Spirit to move. We're kind of putting him in a box and assuming that the only time that the Holy Spirit can move in that way is while we're singing songs and while (laughs) we're standing for worship Mm -hmm. rather than allowing the Holy Spirit to move through the entire thing and then through the entirety of our lives, you know, Allowing, mundane and day-to-day. Yeah, yeah, allowing our lives to be just one act of worship every single day. And like Romans 12, 1 says, offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God because this is your spiritual worship. And I think that that's, I mean, that's what worship is. It's just offering ourselves to God. And mm-hmm. worship literally means like worth-ship. Mm-hmm. What is something worth to you? Is it worth your life? Is it worth laying down yourself and being focused solely and completely on God and on furthering his kingdom? Or is it how you feel when certain songs are being played or whatever? And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that music or no. I know there's a it's kind of a, a movement right now in some like reformed churches and stuff where worship music is a big no go. Because, I don't know, it's just, Mm -hmm. whatever. If you're like that, that's fine. I don't think that that's biblical necessarily. um, But I understand that people can make that an idol too. Yeah. And make it something that drives their relationship with the Lord where it really should be something that is like an effect of their relationship with the Lord. Well, and I, I mean, I can understand like why some people are swinging so far that way because I mean you think back to probably when we were little and singing out of hymns and there's a Mm. worship leader who's maybe not the best singer leading a hymn from the pulpit right you're definitely not worshiping him or like have your eyes on him God gave us gifts and talents to use and we are supposed to steward them well but the problem is we have a hard time with that in our flesh Mm. especially when it comes to something like leading worship I even had to so Philip and I met 
leading worship when we were in college. And I ended up just having to stop leading for, I don't know, five, six years because I had gotten to where it had become so about me and about, Mm. you know, did I sing that okay? I was so focused on how I sounded instead Mm. of like actually leading worship and pointing to God. It became all about me. And so, and I'm not saying like, if you're a worship leader, you need to take yourself out if you start feeling like that, because then we wouldn't have any worship leaders at all, probably. (laughs) But personally, it was something that I had to do to kind of like reorient myself and like, Mm -hmm. hey, this isn't about me. What, who the heck do I think I am? Like, (laughs) yeah. um, Because in our flesh, it's really easy to get that way. It's really easy to get Mm self-focused. And, um. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so dangerous. And even the way that we have kind of set it up, it's become sometimes a production. And obviously not everybody's heart is like that. Some some people, probably a lot of people have really pure hearts doing mm-hmm. it. But we should all be careful in how we're leading worship or viewing worship or entering into worship, corporate worship, mm-hmm. like that, singing. And another important thing is to make sure you're in a church where they're preaching biblical truth mm-hmm. and not just surfacey topics, but mm-hmm. that your pastor is diving in deep, that he's preaching the whole word of God, that he's preaching through the whole Bible, and so that you know the God that you're worshiping. Because I think a lot of these churches are they're they're leading these huge worship services that are awesome, but a lot of the congregation doesn't know the God that they're worshiping because they haven't really been taught who that God is. Mm-hmm. They've been taught some facets of that God, but not the whole character of God. And so instead of worshiping the God, they're kind of worshiping a God that they've created. Mm-hmm. So John 4.23 says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. So it's mm-hmm. important not to just worship in spirit, which is more emotional, mm-hmm. um, but to worship in truth too and to know like I said who you're worshiping and his character and worshiping him and out of a place where you're you're truly worshiping him and not worshiping other people or the music or the song or whatever yeah when it goes hand in hand too with how we're called to walk in the truth and we're supposed to live Mm -hmm. our daily lives in the truth of God and that is for every part of our lives every facet of our lives is supposed Mm -hmm. to be in the truth of God. And so of course our worship needs to be in spirit and in truth, you know? Yeah. Spirit and truth. And the thing is, God is not ambiguous. It's very clear in his word who he is. Uh, we can try to make things up about God or his character to make us feel better, but it's clear in there who he Mm -hmm. is. So it's our responsibility to know who he is as believers we have, we all have the same word of God. <laughs> if you're a believer, we all have the same Holy Spirit. So it's our responsibility to take that seriously and to make sure that we're in a church that also preaches the truth and not just preaches the culture and not just preaches whatever's popular or what they think is going to go over well with the congregation, um, but they promote truth over anything else. And that way, when you're worshiping as a congregation, you know that you're all worshiping the one true God instead of, you know, worshiping this cultural god i want to go back real quick to what you were saying about um the hymns thing that made me laugh a little bit because first of all you said the word pulpit pulpit and i have not heard any like oh singing from the pulpit i'm like oh my gosh no one ever says that pulpit. anymore it's not like, a that's thing what anymore. it was yeah. like mm-hmm. that's so funny um, the pulpit. 
anyway in your pew in your with pew a hymnal. with the hymnal and the mm-hmm. it's always like green what a friend we have in jesus yes. you know I mean? love lifted me um <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness. Man. We, Let's bring some of those back. Right? We went to a church when I was younger that they would sing, like, they would do hymns, and there was a piano player, and they would, like, play the hymns or whatever. But then sometimes they would mix in, like, more contemporary songs. So they'd bring out a keyboard. Oh, <laughs> and they would do, like, cool, like, synthesizer, uh-huh. like, keyboard stuff. And you knew it was getting, like, really cool when Spirit they wheeled the, the keyboard out yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and you're like oh we're gonna do lord i lift your name on high i can feel it <laughs> the spirit is on the move um you know i sang that in a talent show lord i lift your name and yeah me and a group of friends we sang mm-hmm. that in a talent show in elementary school did you win it, we went to a christian school so there like wasn't winners because everyone's a winner in god's eyes oh that's but so, um mm. Which, you Everybody know, gets a trophy. It's not, it's not wrong. But um, mm, but we actually auditioned. It was fine, me you know and four I mean? friends, and we auditioned huh. for – have I never told you that story? Mm-mm. We auditioned for this talent show singing okay. S Club Party by S Club 7. Oh, you have told me this story. Yeah. So tell the listener. Um, it's a little S Club – there ain't no party like an S Club party. It's a great song if you don't know mm-hmm. it. It's not a worship song, but you'll not love it. Not good for a Christian school. But we sang it, and at one point in the song, it talks about hoochie mamas. <laughs> and we That's were, not going to fly. We were in third grade, so I, like, we didn't know what that meant. So they were like, mm, y'all can't sing. y'all can't sing that. And so we were like, it's fine. We'll do Lord, I Lift Your Name on High. <laughs> We did the motions Let's and just everything. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. It was great. Do you have it on video? I'm sure I do somewhere. Oh, let's yeah. find it. Uh, it was a classic. Me and me and my friends. But we did like a little sway, you mm-hmm. know, a little step back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then you came from heaven to her. And then like, you know. <laughs> no, it also makes you think of waves of mercy. Yes. Classic. Oh, so whatever classic. happened to worship music, Our man. poor children. Uh, they're missing out on all this uh, stuff. Stephen Curtis Chapman. Come on. Bring, bring back Stephen Curtis. Bring him back. Sink or swim, I'm diving in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. what I was going to say. <laughs> Sorry. We're really revealing our, We're really our revealing 30 our years age. of life. How embarrassing. It's a little bit off topic, but it's something that I thought about when, when I was preparing for this episode was how different worship even like lyrics and music are now as opposed to like hymns and stuff like that there's one there's one hymn that's called thy mercy my god do you know that song i'm sure you do cademan's called it like a cover of it or I'm whatever sure if I've heard it. super good but i was listening to it earlier and i've i mean it's one of my favorite songs so i listen to it all the time but i was listening to it and i'm like mm, this is an actual worship song like this really makes me feel like i don't know just like the spirit is really moving and alive when i am saying these words because that's really what it is it's not about the music it's about what you're saying you know and i just feel like we kind of forget that part and we wait for the big moment in the song or whatever but i was just looking at the lyrics and it's a pretty short song but it says, the, thy mercy, my God, the joy of my heart, the boast of my tongue, thy free grace alone from the first to the last hath won my affections and bound my soul fast. And then it goes on to say, through thy free goodness, my spirits revive and he that first made me still keeps me alive. And like, 
I was just reading those. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't. Dissolved by thy goodness, I fall to the ground and weep for the praise of the mercy I found. No one writes songs like that anymore, (laughs) you know? Like, no one really. And I don't want to say that people, you know, back then were, had like a better grasp of the Lord, but I just feel like. I don't know. I just feel like because it's so culturally driven, we've lost something mm-hmm. in what our worship, um, like I'm put worship is in quotes. Yeah. What our worship music and stuff is right now. I mm-hmm. sound like a super old woman. <laughs> Say, Bring back the hymns. Bring back the hymns. But and I know it sounds super old, but I do think it's important to be aware of what we're singing when we're singing it. Mm-hmm. And like what you were saying, making sure you know, you're at a church that speaks biblical truth and make sure you're singing a song that's biblical truth. Yeah. And that's not just fluff. Well, or... sometimes you can think about the words and you're like, wait a minute. Right? Is that accurate? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is but that it sounds major? so good. Yeah, sounds so you good. raise your hands and you don't uh-huh. think about it. Um, yeah. And not we're not saying all songs are like that. No, but gosh, no. I feel like you can tell the difference between worship leaders who write from a place of like the holy spirit versus worship leaders who are writing to write a catchy song yeah you know to write a hit to write a hit because i don't think they were really i could be wrong but i don't think they were thinking about that back then when they were doing their what's her name fanny uh whatever crosby (laughs) fanny crosby fanny crosby i'm pretty sure fanny crosby wasn't thinking about you know yeah writing some hits when she's writing all her like hundreds of hymns but yeah, worship is, it's not about us. It's about mm-hmm. him and it's about God. And worship in any form should always bring glory to him and not mm-hmm. ourselves. If we're doing anything to bring glory to ourselves, we're doing something wrong. Yeah. Because it's not about us. And it's so hard for us to remember that. But because, I mean, our flesh, we want everything to be about us. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to like condition ourselves to think about everything being about him sometimes. Mm-hmm. But if we're doing anything in worship or, quote, worship, and it's pointing to us instead of him, like I said, we're doing something wrong. And um, worship, I mean, it's totally fine to get emotional when you're you're in corporate worship or even when you're worshiping by yourself or praying or whatever. That's totally fine as long as it isn't just pure emotion driving it. And 1 Corinthians 14, 14 through 15 says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. Mm -hmm. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. So we're not just, like you said, singing fluff. We've Mm -hmm. got to understand what we're singing, and we've got to have that foundation there when we're singing. We can't Mm -hmm. just come in and, you know, after a week of, like, not even talking to God at all, and all of a sudden, I mean, he he can work however he wants to with his, Mm -hmm. you know, he can work however he wants to, but... It's supposed to be an outpouring of our relationship and our right. love with him and yeah. not just like, I'm going to go to church and get all emotional and worship and then go home and do the same thing. Yep. And when you were talking about if we're doing anything that is self-motivated or self-glorifying, then we need to, you know, be aware of that. And I think that it's so important for us as believers to pray about that and mm-hmm. pray for God to reveal to us what in our lives because i think that's such a hard thing to recognize Mm -hmm. like things that are motivated by self-glorification are really difficult to recognize because we're so like i mean we live in a fallen world we're sinful beings but i i know for me i there came a point where i prayed like i i think it was more i don't want to say it was like flippant 
but I don't think I was really expecting anything to come of it. But I did pray, like, show me what in my life is motivated by pride or selfish motives or self-glorification or whatever. I want to know. It was literally everything all the time. I was feeling (laughs) convicted all the time. I was reading my Bible and I, I didn't even realize, you know, you have thoughts and stuff like that that go through your head every day all the time. And then God will like make you stop yeah. and, and think it again. And you're like, wow, that was terrible. I can't believe I thought that. <laughs> but I was sitting there reading my Bible and I was, um, I guess I was reading a passage and I read something. And I was like, oh, kind of had a thought about it. Mm-hmm. And so wrote it down in the margins of my Bible. And I was thinking like, that's really good. I'm going to share that with people and they're going to be really impressed. You know, like, and I know that sounds so dumb, but we do stuff like that all the time. And God immediately stopped me and was like, yeah, that's an example of you doing that. It was constant. I'm not even kidding. Like every good thing that I did throughout my day, I realized was for myself. Mm -hmm. Like, and I just could not, I, I, just felt so and I still even now I mean that was a long time ago like months ago and I still even now don't know how to not be that way Mm -hmm. like I mean I I'm surrendering that to the Lord and asking him to just please please help me (laughs) to not be that way and I know that he's working in me and is you know refining me and that his his spirit is moving for sure in that Mm -hmm. area of my life in every area of my life but that one particularly but it's just crazy how we can say, like, God's my everything and he's my number one and all that kind of stuff. And I think we really believe that that's true. Mm-hmm. And then we ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us where we're being self-motivated. And it's like, oh, I don't think he was my number one like I thought he was. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's real um, humbling. Oof. Yeah. And I just feel like even... I mean, even something as great as spending time in the word, Mm -hmm. I was glorifying myself. Mm -hmm. Or I was like, I'm going to get up really early in the morning so that my husband will see me get up really early in the morning. (laughs) And he's going to be like, wow. And I thought about like at my funeral, all these people are going to be like, she loved the Lord. And I'm like, that's <laughs> my motivation for stuff. That is so dumb. Like, what but it's is just, going on? It's human. It's yeah. na- it's which sucks because it's hard not to be human. Mm-hmm. But, but that yeah. would be like the opposite of worship yes. in my life. That's a total yeah. worship of myself. Right. And and that's a good thing to pray, like you said. Like, mm-hmm. show me because you're right. We're blind. Yeah. To it a show lot me of times. where in my life I am not worshiping you mm-hmm. and where I'm not putting you above all else and like what i said it kind of ties hand in hand with idolatry mm-hmm. you know like show me the idols in my life yeah and help me get rid of them show me the times in my life where maybe i don't have an idol necessarily but where i'm just not pursuing you and wanting to worship you with yeah whatever area of my life yeah that's i remember my mom telling me um i mean this was really only a couple months ago but when you read your Bible, don't come to it as like, okay, God, what do you, what do you want to teach me? Like, mm-hmm. show me more about myself or whatever, but come saying, okay, God, this is your time. Mm-hmm. I want to learn more about you during this time. And as we learn more about him, we learn more about basically 
how we need to live our lives Mm -hmm. and what we're not. And then out of that, that's whenever we grow closer to Jesus and grow more like Jesus. It's not, and that's the thing. Sometimes we think that God's like a therapist Mm. and he's not, he's our God. He's our creator. And yes, he teaches us how to live and he does speak to us personally and he does do sweet things like that. But his, his purpose is not our therapist. Mm. And that's a church is not supposed to be a therapy session. Mm -hmm. We're not supposed to go to church to have this great emotional experience to make us feel better about ourselves. Mm it's we've got it so opposite but and and as we're saying all this like god did ordain worship leaders like you can look in the old testament the levites they were basically ordained worship leaders they Mm -hmm. were set aside for that and so corporate worship um is not a bad thing it's a very good thing like we're supposed to come together and sing and glorify god in that way but we're just saying we've got to be careful about how we do it and we've got to be careful that it's not a competition mm-hmm. <laughs> between churches or between worship leaders or between, you know, who's raising their hands the highest mm-hmm. or who's on their faces more or whatever. It's supposed to be us worshiping our creator and realizing how lowly we are and mm-hmm. how insignificant we are and that we are able to stand before a holy God mm-hmm. and we have no right to. We're so undeserving of that. Yeah. And so once we start looking at it through that lens, then we can have more of a perspective of how to to corporately, corporately worship and how mm-hmm. to individually worship in our own daily lives. Yeah. Even as we're like washing the dishes or whatever, mm-hmm. um, even through prayer or through raising our kids or just doing little tiny things mm-hmm. and asking God to show us how to worship him better. Yeah. Um, and how to worship him well, because we are bad at that, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like what you said, too, about, um, like, what we're doing, the dishes or whatever, mm-hmm. how that is an act of worship if we allow it to be. And if we ask for God to to just guide us in, in a way where, I, I don't know, like, there's so many times, especially as a mom and um, as a working mom and stuff, where things can feel really mundane mm-hmm. and understanding that everything that I'm doing for my children, for my husband, for my home is an act of worship for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not treating it that way, if I'm not feeling like privileged to be able to offer that up to God as an act of worship, then yeah, it's going to feel mundane and it's going to feel boring and changing diapers is going to be awful and all of that kind of stuff. But if I'm understanding that, yeah, what I'm doing is offering myself and my time and everything that I am back to the Lord because he has given me absolutely everything. So the Mm -hmm. least that I can do is worship him constantly through my day. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, what it comes down to is just not understanding who God is Mm -hmm. and the attributes of his character and what he's done for us as believers. Um, Because if we did, we would understand that being in a constant state of worship is the absolute least we could do for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Well, and then the last thing I have to say about, you know, corporate worship and worship leaders, another danger of putting worship leaders on a pedestal is um, they people are always going to fail us, always. And some people, you know, aren't going to have big fallouts or anything like that by any means, but we are all people, and that's why we can't worship people. We, we can worship somebody and make somebody our hero, but heroes always let you down. And God 
does not. In God, you find more perfection, not less. In people, you find less perfection. You're going to always find more perfection in God. The more the more you discover about him, the more you're going to have to worship about him. Or the more about him you're going to worship because the more you know about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you increase in your knowledge about him, you can increase in your worship about him. Yeah. So if we are if we're spending time with him daily and as much as we possibly can, there's going to be even more that we find out about him or through experiences where he shows us more about himself. Mm -hmm. There will be more to worship. And that's a really cool thing that he, I mean, he's, he's, he's God. Mm -hmm. There's so many things to find out about him. So um, just some practical things that we can be thinking about or doing. We need to ask ourselves or ask yourself, do you know where your church stands on all issues? Are you being fed spiritually at your church? Are your kids being fed? I think that's very important. Yeah. Um, because I think sometimes we're like, oh, well, our kids will learn that at, at church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is, it's it's our responsibility at home for sure to teach our kids. That is our main responsibility. But you also want to make sure that the message they're getting at church is not watered down. So um, you need to make sure that your church is also teaching your children well and Mm -hmm. teaching you well. Also, does your church seem to include all and never offend because the gospel is offensive and calling out sin is offensive? And so if you're never leaving church feeling convicted, if everybody's always like feeling happy and lighthearted after leaving a sermon, maybe you need to think about that because Mm – we're not supposed to feel good about ourselves all the time. We're supposed to be confronted with our sin and and realize our need for God and our Savior. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not feeling convicted, maybe think about that. Do you feel like you're going to a big concert but leaving with nothing for your soul? Has there been spiritual growth in your church? The, those are just things to be thinking about. And maybe you're, I hope you're in a really great church. We're in a really great church, mm-hmm. and I'm really thankful for that. Yeah. I hope you're in a really great church. But if you're not, or if you've listened to this episode and you're kind of like feeling a little like, um, <laughs> you know, right. don't don't just write it off. Um, I would just pray about it and really seek the Lord's guidance on that because you want we want to be Christians that grow and, and grow cr- closer to the Lord Um in our relationships personally with him and also our corporate relationships with them, with him. And we want to make sure that our church is preaching the whole gospel. And when we're worshiping, we all know who we're worshiping. So, yeah, that's worship. That's worship. Well, there you go. We do want to tell you, we are going to be doing, I think it's like five or six episodes from now, mm-hmm. um, an episode on a book called Women of the Word mm-hmm. by Jen Wilkin. Jen Wilkin. Do you want to say anything about it? It's good. It's good. I'm on chapter one. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just finished reading it, and it was absolutely incredible. It's mm-hmm. a super easy read, 150 pages, like not difficult for you people out there that don't like reading. I love reading, so I can't say anything. Yeah. But it's a, a book basically that Jen Wilkin wrote about studying the Bible mm-hmm. and how to study the Bible, what that looks like. I think that we're kind of in a culture right now that relies a whole lot on studies and commentaries and those are super great things um really really great resources but we're we're kind of at a point where people can quote john piper and priscilla shire more Mm -hmm. than they can quote scripture Mm -hmm. and and y'all know priscilla Priscilla shire is my girl i Mm -hmm. love john piper too but i think that 
yeah, we've just gotten to a point where we we don't really know the word of God. We've allowed other humans to tell us what it is that mm-hmm. God wants to reveal to us. And so this book talks about that. And she goes through, she really does give step-by-step instruction on how to study the word of God, how to learn, how to absorb, how to how to really get to know who God is. Mm-hmm. One thing that I love that she says is talking about um, loving God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And do we really love him with all of those parts of us? Or do mm-hmm. we just give him some of whatever? And she talks about loving God with all of our mind, which I had never thought about before. And I truly, I mean, y'all read the chapter. It's so good. But it changed my life because at one point she says, the the heart cannot love what the mind does not know hmm. and we oh, i read that today oh my gosh mm-hmm. i like underlined good. it Me highlighted too. it it was so yeah. good because that's so true and yeah. i had never i i don't know i had never thought about that how if how can i say that i love god and that i love his word and have a passion for scripture if i don't really know him if yeah. i don't really try to understand what it, like and not just bits and pieces of his word, but the entirety of it, mm-hmm. you know? Kind of like what we were talking about before. Shit. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, understanding the entirety of the Bible and how all of it connects together to create yeah. one story. story. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a super great book. Highly recommend it. But we're going to be yeah. doing kind of a book study on yeah. it. So it's a not an expensive book. I think on Amazon, it's like $12 maybe. Mm-hmm. I got mine on thriftbooks.com best website ever for books it's just not two-day shipping mm. but you lost me i literally got it for like 250 that's really good yeah 250 dollars for a book is really cheap yeah that's real cheap just kidding it was two dollars <laughs> and 50 cents um <laughs> <laughs> granted there was like four dollars shipping but still it was cheaper than amazon <laughs> anyway guys doesn't matter mm. but yeah so it's women of the word by mm-hmm. jen wilkin so pick that up yeah, we'd love Order for you it. to read it. You've got about five or six weeks. Yeah. I think it's five. I think it's five, too. Yeah. So start reading it now. Um, yeah. So start reading it now. We're going to go through it together. It's um, probably going to be a long episode. We yeah. just need to prepare for it to be a really long episode, which yeah. is fine. You yep. can pause and play whenever you want. It'll go kind of hand in hand, too, with, I don't know the episode number of being in the word the episode we did on being in the oh, word. Oh, yeah, being in the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So listen to that let episode me two. Let see what episode that is real fast so we can let everyone know. Yeah, I should probably know. It was um, early. Yeah, it was early. Being in the word was episode number six. Okay. So mm-hmm. episode six, being in the word. Listen to that by the Jen Wilkin book. And, um... Yeah, and we'll all post about it on um, our Instagram and stuff, too, mm-hmm. so everybody can see all that. Yeah. So, yeah, we're I excited. think it'll be fun. It'll be really good. Yeah, and we're excited for 2021. We've got yes. really good episodes coming up. Yep. Um, we've planned our calendar through September. We did. So, yay. I know. We're very proud of ourselves. It. I know, me either. It's a long time. So, yeah. yeah, we've got good things coming up. We're, we're excited expectant. about it. I can't wait. We're, we're expectant. That makes it sound like we're yeah, pregnant. We're not pregnant. We're not. <laughs> also, Definitely why is it we? Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we're a package deal, Jensen. Oh, gosh. You get pregnant, I get pregnant, right? Oh, Lordy. Um, oh, that would be a fun podcast get to listen pregnant to. Pregnant together. <laughs> well, now we're just rambling. Okay. okay. Everybody have a fantastic week. Yes. We will see you guys next time. See you.